Hey there, Fountain City Sports Media listeners. Sorry we couldn't get a new episode out to you this week. Hot Take Mondo is on the IR, and I've been slam-danced with projects myself. Our next podcast will be our 100th episode spectacular, so just having me rant about the deficiencies of the Kansas City Royals all by myself for 60 minutes wouldn't be all that spectacular. So in its place, please enjoy this bonus episode of our all-new Patreon-exclusive miniseries, Speedy and Angry, an in-depth dive into the Fast and Furious franchise. If you like what you hear and can't wait for the next installment, you can support the podcast for less than the price of one cup of coffee a month at patreon.com backslash FCSM. But enough talk. Buckle up, crack a Corona, and get ready to take this franchise a quarter hour at a time. special bonus episode of Fountain City Sports Media where we are taking a 10-part in-depth look into the Fast and Furious franchise known as Speedy and Angry. That's right. This is Speedy and Angry episode one. I'm here with my co-host Alex Nikolenko and we're going to dissect film by film the Fast and Furious franchise for what it started as a simple bro-y race film in 2001 has now blossomed into a multi-billion dollar 20-year franchise and counting. So we're very excited to have you here. Alex, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Reese? I'm not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. We uh, we set this evening up right. We went to Wingstop, which was probably the most fast and furious fast food place we could think of. I uh, got myself 20 wings, boneless, of course, because the bones hurt my teeth. And uh, we've been we've been enjoying some fine beverages tonight. But Alex, what is the beer you brought over for us to enjoy during this podcast? Well, I brought us a, a sump from Perennial over in St. Louis. Oh man, Perennial's a legit brewery. Now, now, what kind of beer is Sump? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a coffee stout. I haven't had it before, but uh, my dad brought me a couple cans, so why not? Dude, his dad is something special. That's what I'm talking about. Dang right. Well, to, let's open this podcast right. Let's do a quick review of Sump, why don't we? Because I see we both got it here. So, as usual, five categories. We have appearance, aroma, flavor, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. What is the appearance like on this bad boy? Looks like your typical stout, real dark, you know. Got a little bit of that that milky head on it. Mm, beautiful. All right, what would you give that one to ten on uh, appearance? I'll give it an eight. All right. It looks all right. I'll take aroma here. Oh, man. Definitely get a lot of coffee in there. A lot of cold brew action. Mm-hmm. Not too sure. dissimilar from, uh, remember Restless Nights, the Boulevard used to have? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dude, yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of the malt, a lot of coffee scent in there. I'm going to give that an 8.6 8. for 6. aroma. 8.6. All, all right. All right. Flavor honors go to you, my friend. All right. I like, I get a ton of coffee, a little bit of cocoa. Kind of. Ooh. A little bit of, I feel like I get a little bit of marshmallow too. I don't know. It's a, I'd give it, I don't know, let's give it a 8.1 flavor. All right. Cool. 8.1. Then mouthfeel goes to me. Man, I like the fact that that's not too heavy in the mouth. No, it's really not. Like, I mean, for a milk stout, it's kind of heavy, but mm-hmm. it's good. Oh, yeah. Is that, actually, it's a milk stout, is it? I didn't know. 
I'm gonna give it some milk stout. It's like the oh, I'm sorry, it's an imperial stout with wow. coffee. Well, see, there we go. So it's 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 a good either way because if it's a milk stout, it's like the most full-bodied milk stout I've ever had. But if it's imperial stout, it's like the most lightly like, balanced yeah. imperial stout I've ever had. Yeah. So, dude, I'm giving mouthfeel on that. That's a that's a ten. They nailed wow, a ten for an imperial stout. They wow. nailed the mouthfeel. So, <laughs> wow. Last category goes to you, which is aftertaste. Does this beer change its taste difference at all after letting it sit for a while? No, it just tastes like coffee, in my opinion. All right, I have to agree. It just tastes like coffee. Give that a one to ten. Uh, I'll give it so as a non-coffee drinker, I'll give it a solid six point nine. But you don't drink coffee? No. Really? That's correct. How do you get up for class in the morning? Monster. Ah, I see. Yeah, monster. That's a good answer. What's what's the one that everyone's drinking now? Bang, is that it? Yeah, Bang is pretty good. Have you ever had a Lani new? No. I would try that. The cherry slush tastes just like those cherry slush you get from the gas station. Is that the one the Rock sponsors? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. That's um C four maybe? Might be. It's not the Bricks energy drink. No. <laughs> not the brick or skin beebles. Oh dude, skimmy boy. All right. Well, all right, final category is Stonk's Drinkability Quotient. What's the ABV on this guy first is last? I believe it is 11 and a half. What? Yeah. Yo, the fact we have an 11 and a half beer that has this light of a mouthfeel, not that much of a cloying alcoholic taste to it, and all that flavor, and I would never in a million years guess that was 11. I would guess that's like a 7 to a 7.5. Uh, there's a lot of stonks to be drank on this drinkability quotient here, ladies and gentlemen. That's for sure. And for that reason, I'm giving stonks drinkability quotient a solid 9.4 out of 10. 9.4? Wow. Mm -hmm. I would say... Uh, I'd give it a... I'll give it a 9.39 just because... Mm. All right, he he edged me at the line, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I did. It's Price is right rules. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Got him. <'em. laughs> Well, anyway, I, I think that's a, a pretty perfect beer to kick off this uh, Fast and Furious review. And as I alluded to, we're going to be going through all the films in the Fast and Furious franchise and giving you a serious, in-depth discussion on what started out as these little basic car films that have transformed into these actually intricate, action-packed, pretty fun heist films. So, Without further ado, here is the first episode of Speedy and Angry with Reese and Alex. Thank you. Alright, so first thing we're going to talk about here is just, I don't know, I, I think looking back, the fact this film was made in 2001, what would you say are some things that really stick out that just like date it? The fact that you could, you could show this film to anybody and they'd be like, oh, this is a 2001 film. The whole movie. <laughs> Good answer. Good uh, answer. The, the graphics, definitely. The um, the uh, car like aesthetic is very mm. 90s, early 2000s. Yep, definitely. That's true. The music. For me, it was probably the fact that like everybody had a pair of Neo sunglasses from The Matrix. That's very true. I didn't even think of that. Like This was the hottest film of two years ago. This is going to be so cool right now. Yeah, I think Neo Sunglasses gave it away. And like, how many times did they cram in Gran Turismo 2? I uh, believe it was three times, maybe. At least. Because let's see. Maybe, yeah. the, the dude is playing it on his dashboard computer before the race. Oh, that's right. Yeah. When they go to like the college party full of 35-year-olds, someone was playing it on the TV there. <laughs> so maybe, I guess it was two then. It was yeah, at it was least two. two yeah. Mm -hmm. But 
that's that's another thing that really kind of dated the film. But I think uh, I think friend of the podcast Joel pointed out too. It was the fact that like the opening scene of this film, they are what is it ransacking a semi truck full of like combo VHS DVD yeah, players, the Panasonic or something like that. TVs. Yep. Oh my goodness! Did you ever have one of those growing up? I did. Really? I did. Yeah. Did Did you like it? I don't remember it because I was you know five. But we uh. My sister, when she went to college, which would have been 2007, she had a combo VCR TV, but it was a Quasar. Remember back in the days when like there were a million different TV brands? Toshiba. Zenith. Was Vizio on? Or was that I, a little bit later? That, that was Vizio was still was still around or making its footprint at that time. What else was there? There was RCA. I, that's all I can remember, really. Panasonic. Sharp, Toshiba. Sharp, that's right. Dude, yeah. Sharp was the best. Toshiba, Sony. Yep. Oh man, if you if you have a TV brand from the '90s that we didn't mention, give us a hit up. Give it. Give us a a comment on Fountain City SM. Magnavox wasn't a TV Mag- then, was it? Yeah, it was. Was yeah. it really? Yeah, oh, that's right, dude. Magnavox. My grandpa worked there back in the '70s. Did he really? Yeah, dude, that's pretty sick. I actually uh. Your grandpa may have made this. I used to have a combination. It looked like a uh, a shed. What do you want to call it? It was a piece of furniture, but it had you opened up the lid and there was a record player, a radio, and an eight track on mine. Definitely Magnavox, dude. It was dope. Two speakers built in. That thing had a great sound. If I would have been smart enough and like put a different turntable under that, that was really good. I like that piece of equipment. My grandparents still have like one from the '60s, so theirs doesn't have the eight track, obviously, but. Same concept, same piece of equipment. I loved it to death. It was the first record player. Really? Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yep. But, uh, you know, as fast and furious as 33.3 RPMs is, we still have to uh, talk about these guys hitting seven, 8,000 RPMs in this film. So uh, I think we should go through some important categories in this film. The first one being, and I know you're very excited to talk about this, in your opinion, what wins the award for the most fast and furious moment of the Fast and the Furious? Oh, man. So for me, it's going to be probably that first fight with Vince and Brian or the uh, the car chase scene at the end where Brian and Dom are chasing down Lance and Johnny Tran. Mm, that is pretty good. How do you feel about that? Uh. So, okay, so this was hard. Vince was the guy who had, like you said, like... He, he, he stole Letty's, uh, his, the see-through. <laughs> he stole the fishnet shirt. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, good catch on that. Yeah, that, that was a pretty furious part of the film. Uh, some really terrible, really terrible stage combat, which I get to say as somebody who took stage combat for multiple semesters in college. That's pretty so, neat. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Uh, also... That was a good Fast and Furious moment. I think the most Fast and Furious moment, though, I said to you towards the end of the film, was when they're drag racing for each other's respect and they oh. like have to outrun the train. That was pretty oh, good. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a very good Fast. I don't know about Furious until, you know, the semi-truck comes out of nowhere. <sighs> oh, that's very true. Yeah. Did you think that was the same semi-truck driver that they failed to hijack, like, on the highway? I never thought of that. Maybe. Dude, is, is that canon? Hold on. We have the film still queued up here. 
we'll uh, vamp while we look this up, but I got to see if the uh, the semi truck that flips Vin Diesel's car at the end is canon. That is the same semi truck they tried to hijack with those Honda Civics and failed. I didn't so. see any gun sh- or gun uh, yeah, yeah, gunshots through the, the door, so you know, maybe not. That's true, but we saw the driver's side door. He gets hit Ooh, driver's side. That's, good. that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Dude, what if the MVP of this film is just some random trucker? Yeah, dude, and it's like <laughs> we got a old bird dog out here <laughs> driving his Peterbilt. I got a Gatorade bottle full of you know what, and I tell you what, I'm not afraid to use it, son. Yeah, man. You get too close to me, you start tailgating me, I'm going to throw that thing right out the window. <laughs> I think... Uh, that ain't Gatorade. An- another not fast and furious moment was when, uh, was it Letty tried to like pit maneuver the semi with her Civic? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was uh, I would say that's pretty furious. I don't know about fast. Mm, true. I mean, they were going fast, but I don't know about it. If that was fast and furious. Man, the combination, the sweet spot is the hard thing to find here. That's what I'm saying, man. So that's our category for the fastest and the furious. I'm closing in here to see if that semi truck is the one that hit uh, hit our boy Vin Diesel. Because if it's not canon. If it is, though, I mean, like, wouldn't that be funny if we actually, like, opened up some sort of rabbit hole where, like, the trucker's actually in every Fast and Furious film? Don't tell Joel. <laughs> I will try not. Man, scrubbing on Amazon or uh, what are we? HBO, HBO Max is like yeah. the slowest thing ever. Well, we're also on a PlayStation Four, so yeah, we are also on a PlayStation Four. Hold on, okay. So oh, we did, he just got fun. the car. He got the under ten second car. It's gonna be hard to kind of pin down. Okay, there's the train. They beat the train. Oh, we just got. This is hard to pin down. Okay, hold on. We we got it here. Okay, they just beat the train. He's looking over. They're making eye contact. Ooh. I don't know. Was that it? I don't know. Hang on. Unless it went from blue to green real fast. You never know. That's true. But is it just like the filter that makes it look green? Hold on. We're going to have to go frame by frame on this. It's going to be hard. Okay. He's looking. He's looking. Paul Walker's giving him the sleepy bedroom eyes. Oh, no, it's definitely green, green. Yeah, it's green. That ain't canon, man. I'm sorry. I wish it was. Dude, I want to believe. That has to be a crash test on me driving that. (laughs) 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 They just put some (laughs) crash test dummy. Yeah, yeah, dude. They're like, just put a brick on his foot and floor it. (laughs) I don't see anyone in the cab. That's why I said it's probably a crash (laughs) test dummy. Dude. Right, that's a pretty fast and furious moment, so good for that. Uh, I hate the fact that we debunked a conspiracy theory uh, right away. Sorry, Joel. Yeah, sorry, Joel. Um, so anyway, the plot of this film, let's talk about it. So it starts out, and you got Paul Walker trying to enter these underground street races led by the Dom Toretto character, correct? Skim Beeble. Skim Beeble, our favorite. Uh, so he enters these street races and he starts to make nice with Toretto. Who's like the king of the underground racing circuit, right? Correct. I found the plot of this film actually a little bit difficult to follow at times because it's like you had, well, this is actually not too bad of a a script when you break it down, I guess. So if you want to break it down, you have Paul Walker, who's on the side of the law. So he's lawful good. You have Dom Toretto and like the immediate family, I say, in the sense of Fast and Furious family. 
And they're kind of like, uh, they're like lawful evil, but they're not evil. But then you also have like, uh, what's his name? Johnny Tran and those guys. Correct. And like, they're the antagonists of the film, but they're not the ones breaking the law technically. All the time. It's... (laughs) So that was a little difficult to follow because I'm like, is there going to be a twist here? I'm like, because over the span of this, it turns out that Dom and the crew were the guys stealing those combination DVD VHS players, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. So that's what kind of confused me somewhere down the line of the film because they had the introduction of, uh, you know, this this Asian family of drivers who was obviously like the direct antagonist, the Dom Toretto family. But it's like, were they the ones that wound up stealing the DVD players? Like, I kept waiting for the shoe to drop, you know, especially when they're at a... <laughs> we'll talk about this later. The aptly named Race Wars. Correct, and, yes. uh, <laughs> Yikes. Car Wars. Tell me a film's from 2001 without saying it's from 2001. We'll refer to it as Car Wars from now on. Uh, we don't want to get canceled. But when when he, he's like, you, you got to tell me where Dom's going. Where, where's the semi going to be? She's like, what semi? And I'm like, oh... I'm like, is the Asian family the guys actually like hijacking these semis and like Dom Toretto and the gang are innocent? But cut forward and it turns out no, Dom Toretto and the family are not innocent. They try to hijack a semi full of what was it full of? Did they even say they were Panasonic, uh, those combination TVs. More? Yep. Why do they want all these Panasonic TVs? Because it's 2001, dude. <laughs> That's exactly what. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on my patio and play all the Gran Turismo 2 I can. It's so Dude, great. It's got a it's got a DVD player and a VHS. <laughs> Dude, wow! It's it's incredible. It's it's like a KFC Taco Bell, but it's a TV DVD VHS player. So anyway, uh, I think a, a nominee for most Fast and Furious moment of the film was when uh, what's his name was hanging from the car. Yeah, the cable. Oh, Vince. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I would say yeah, that's. I would say that's probably gonna take the cake. Yeah, for this movie at least. Yeah, that, that's probably that's probably the apex they wanted you to have. And say like that was the highlight, fastest, and most furious moment of the film. But what what did we decide on? I've already forgotten. Me too. You know what? I think I think that that explains that. That is the fastest, most furious moment of the film. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is funny. You know, it's it's like talking about anime and power creep. Just how like the way this series goes in this film, that's probably you know like an eight point five or a nine. But like further on down the franchise, like when five. you legit have like the rock driving on ice in antarctica and like pulling up a missile tearing through the ice with one arm this is extremely tame by comparison yeah i mean the brick brick goes pretty hard <laughs> later on the i mean br- if you compare that to the first movie i mean that's like a solid this movie's like a solid three. Oh yeah this this doesn't this doesn't take it out of second gear compared to some of the later films i mean in this in this movie it might be like i don't know eighth or ninth gear because you know they shift about Eight million times in one quarter mile. Granny shifting. I remember that specific. Yeah, granny. Shifting. He was double clutching. Double clutch. Do you want to explain that for our uh, less car inclined enthusiasts like myself? I can try. So basically, double clutching is when you go to shift from one gear to the next, push the clutch in, let it out, put it in neutral, push the clutch in again, put it in the next gear. Interesting. To keep the uh, the RPMs up so you don't lose any power during the shift. Why do they call that granny shifting? Doesn't that isn't that just called like smart shifting? Doesn't that make sense? It's fast and furious. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how how do racers shift then if they don't do that? Because that to me makes sense. Like, wouldn't you want to keep as much speed and RPM as you can between shifting? Yeah, that's correct. But I mean, if if you're talking nowadays, everything is uh, like the sequential where you just pull a 
pull a paddle and it puts it in the next gear so you don't have to worry about it having to have it having the transmission catch up with the engine really everything's yep. paddle shifting now most of it yeah i think nascar still uses a regular four-speed manual but those are geared so that you don't have to shift as often oh interesting interesting i never would have guessed you know my, my brother-in-law used to park cars at power and light so he used to see a lot of really good stuff come through there and he, he told me the story about the first time like someone showed up in like a lambo or something like that and he had to you know park it for him and it was paddle shifting he had no idea where the shifter was and yeah it's pretty crazy but friend of the podcast no metzger and my brother-in-law actually used to uh park travis kelsey's car what was he driving then uh, I think it was a Land Rover. They said lame, and he said like he he used to like pretend to like run him over, then like throw like the hundreds of dollar bills out of the car or something like that. <laughs> okay, maybe not so lame. <laughs> they said he was a great guy. They said he was an awesome guy. Travis Kelsey is seriously one of my favorite human beings. Um, anyway, Pat McAfee's mine. Pat, do Pat McAfee? Okay, I gotta jump in here. Did you see him at WrestleMania this last weekend? I did. Dude, he can go. He's a showman. He's a natural showman. What if we can get Pat McAfee on our podcast? Probably. You'd have to give him a lot of um, some natural Rogers. herbs first. Wait, is he on the Aaron Rodgers national herbs train? Um, sure. <laughs> uh, he's he's definitely... Um, he and Snoop Dogg would be great friends. Let's just say that. Uh, okay, I got you. I follow. I follow. See, speaking of which, uh, I think one of the most promiscuous scenes in this film showed uh, Jesse... I think he was smoking the devil's lettuce while working on a uh, yeah. Intel Pentium 4 processor. Yeah, he's got that uh, attention deficit disorder. So, you know, he's got to smoke the devil's lettuce to help him focus a little bit. It's very, very true. Very true. Um, so I think uh, a quick nominee for least fast and furious moment in this film was when <laughs> they're going off to a Bubba Gum Shrimp Co. or whatever it was, and they pull up to that guy in the in the Ferrari. <laughs> the 355 Spider. yep. <laughs> Dude, what a jabroni. What did you, okay, it, for, for those of us, again, like myself, not as car inclined, how fast is that car in real life? Well, this is 2001, so probably, uh, I don't know, maybe top speed of like 175, 180 maybe, which is really? fast, but compared to now, that's like driving a bus. <sighs> Child's play? Yep, pretty much. Dude, what's the horsepower in something like that? The Probably 350 maybe, but Dang. they're so lightweight and uh, that would contribute to the higher top speed than what you would see now for a 350 well just a little more talking about the plot here so what happens is is what plot well you're kind of right so what's funny is this really does feel like it sets up a franchise but it doesn't it almost feels like it's something a great series like if someone ever wants to go back and like remake the fast and the furious franchise and like a tv show series i feel like this would be the first this would be season one you know, and it's like a five episode season one on Disney Plus or something like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because it, it's like you get some of the catchphrases. You get a little bit of the talk of the family. You get all the talk of the Corona and all the advertising for that. And uh, also, believe it or not, this film invented the end credit scene. I cannot prove that as I don't know what the actual first film that invented the end credit scene is. But I joked with like... It was like, you know, five minutes of credits left. I'm like, is there an end credit scene in this? LOL, LOL. And then I go to my uh, my office to get my recording equipment. And all of a sudden, I hear Vin Diesel talking again. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And Alex is like, it's the end credit scene. <laughs> and I come back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, bet, I bet Carl knows what the first movie is. So for those of you who don't know, Carl went to film school. Like, Carl's an actual, like, film critic. Yeah, I know. So 
I would be curious to see his opinion on where this franchise pivots and shifts gear. Because what I was going to say... With shifts the, gear. I like that. <laughs> thank you. With, with the plot of this, this actually almost didn't even feel like a Fast and Furious movie. Am I crazy for thinking that? What? <laughs> okay, so... I don't know. I feel like every film post-Tokyo Drift... Oh, you mean the heist movies? Yeah, well, I mean the heist movies. This film had like... I don't know. I want to say, was it just me or was there not actually that much car racing in this film compared to other films? I think it was more about the car culture in this movie, not the mm. cars. It was just, you know, L.A. or Southern California, late 90s, early 2000s. I think that was the whole like theme. I don't really think that the cars were at the forefront at the time. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And I'm so glad you were familiar with this film because like, I think I've seen this once back when I was in like 7th or 8th grade or something. So it's been a long time since I got into the beginning of this franchise. I've seen this movie like more times than I can count. Is this the, is this the Fast and Furious you've seen more than any of the Fast and Furious? Yeah, probably. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, for me it gets really hazy. Like I think 4 is my... I don't even know if I've ever actually seen 4. I think that was Fast and Furious. Not the Fast and the Furious, oh, but that's Fast right. and Furious. Because in the one after that, that's Fast Five, mm-hmm. and then Fury or something Six, and then Furious Seven, and then Fate of the Furious, and then Fast in Your Seatbelts. Fast in Your Seatbelts. Oh, and then there was the controversial ninth film in the series where they have to pay their income taxes called The Tax and the Furious. <laughs> it's just them standing at the uh, the DMV in the IRS office for 90 minutes. That was the Brick's least favorite movie to film. <laughs> I heard he I heard he was really hard to work with actually. Yeah. Well, I heard it was it was him and um Oh man, what's his name? Skim? No, 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 no. He's the the other main character in Too Fast Too Furious. Too Fast Too Furious. Uh Oh man, what is his name? Ludacris. No, not Ludacris. Hang on a second. Okay, we're doing some in-depth research here. While he's Tyrese, like, that's who it was. Oh, Tyrese. dude. Speaking of which, Ja Rule in this one. Yeah. What the heck, dude? The fact that we're both just what? Like, we're like, who is that? We're like, wait a second, is that Ja Rule? Is he in the other ones? No, I don't believe so. I think it's just this first one. Wow, that's so weird. Cause he's so forgettable in this film. He's there for like that first street race, right? And that's it. That's correct. And I you hear like, you hear him in the soundtrack a little bit after that. Yeah, because you know, if he wins, he gets me, and if he, or if he loses, he gets me, and then if he wins, he gets the both of us. Oh, dude, I never knew I was that close to being with Ja Rule. That's very impressive. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Also, I mean, Jesse welched on his pink slip, but the the person talking to Ja Rule welched on their agreement. You know, they said they said win or lose, we're together, but he lost and they weren't together. Savagery. Anyway, what did you think was a standout moment in this film for you in particular? It doesn't have to be fast, it doesn't have to be furious, it's just something that really stood out. Honestly, that first drag race scene with the Mitsubishi, the RX seven, the S two thousand, and the Acura. I think that's the most standout moment. That's like the moment that I remember the like the first time watching this movie. I was just like, I want to be that. Really? Correct. Yeah. How old were you when you first saw this? When I first saw this, mm-hmm. um, I was 14 or 15, I think. Okay. Right on. Right on. But this movie came out when I was four. So 
<laughs> yeah, you, you told me you had one of those uh, Acuras in a Matchbox car, right? I did. I had no clue that it was from Fast and Furious. What kind of car was it? It was a uh, an Integra, I believe. Really? Acura Integra. Yeah. Interesting. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Because one of my dream cars is the NSX. I want that so bad. You want the Honda or the Acura NSX? Uh, I want the Honda because that's what the international community recognizes. You mean, yeah, so, okay, I got you. Sorry, I, I don't know that, I mean, isn't it the Honda NSX in other countries or? Well, it's, uh, yes and no, it's weird. Um, Like, the first NSX was Honda and then when Acura started to grow, that's Honda's like sister brand, they mm-hmm. rebranded the Honda NSX, the Acura NSX, but it was still the same car. And then it went a hiatus like the, uh, the uh, Toyota Supra for about 20 years. Okay, fun fact here. Did you know the Integra is coming back in 2023? Excuse me? Check that out. I just Googled Acura Integra and it says the next gen 2023 Integra. We're on the Acura website right now. My mind just exploded. Look at that. What? Sporty gets savvy. That just looks like a, a Hyundai that they rebadged, even though that's a different brand. So I'll tell you what's funny. Uh, I've been saying this for about three years now. And I love Acura. Don't get me wrong. If I had a luxury car, I want an Acura. But the Honda, you know, like Honda and Acura are kind of, they have like parallel cars. That's because Honda owns Acura. Yeah. So, but the thing is like Acura is supposed to be like the luxury line of Honda. And I would almost argue the cars that Honda are putting out look like they should be the Acura cars and vice versa. Don't tell Chevy and Buick that. Oh no, really? That's the same thing. It's the same uh, like idea. Oh, you look man. at the the Chevy Trax and the Buick Encore, it's the same thing. Mm. I would know because my, my mom and my sister have one of each. Oh, you're totally right. Yep. Up to this point, I thought it was the same car. Nope, one's a Chevy, one's a Buick. Oh, my gosh. That Okay, so that is to say, that is to say, uh, Noel wants a Honda Accord Sport, which, I mean, there's a white one that lives around here. I mean, I know it's not like an actual sports car. You ain't going to go fast yeah. and all that stuff. But like, you might go furious, though. You might go furious. But it's a good looking car. For, it really is. For being like a domestic, or not domestic, you know, but like a, a consumer grade yeah. sedan. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, those some of the new Hondas are really nice. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd get one as a daily driver. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, being American, I got to go with my Detroit muscle. Detroit, Detroit muscle, baby. Yeah, man. What, what's your Detroit muscle these days? For me, probably the uh, any Corvette or the newer Camaros from 2010 on. You know, Noelle's driving a bit of Detroit muscle right now, too. She's got uh, a... The, uh, the Vibe Zippy, yep. right? You got Zippy, the 06 oh, Pontiac's, uh, Pontiac the, Vibe. Wow. Is it a GT or is it just the... Just the regular. Just the regular. I heard those GTs are pretty fun, though. They're pretty cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone at work actually drives the, the Toyota Matrix, which is... I mean, I'll tell you probably, you know, the same car, different badge. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's shared no, same parts. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you look in there and like, and I mean to creep on this guy's car, but like the vents are the exact same. I think like the automatic shifter was the exact same. The radio was different, but it's kind of like, oh, this is like the same car, sort of really close, kind of. I think Toyota just copied off of GM in that, in that, that instance, but it also could have been... They were outsourcing from some other company, so they all look the same, mm. but totally different manufacturers, totally different owners, but, you know, yeah. China. So. Now, here's the important thing that we're going to be doing every film here is we're going to be making an MVP car list. 
because what is the Fast and Furious if not these just like dynamite in your dreams vehicles? So, Alex, you made a list over there. I did. Uh, did you? I, I see multiple cars on there. Did you do like a, a tier list? I or? did. Okay, sweet. So, uh, walk us through this tier list. How does this work here? So, we got S, A, B, C, D, E, and F. Mm. S is like top tier. A is, you know, your typical A. B is, it's cool, but probably wouldn't own it. C is, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> D is, what? Um, <laughs> what? E is, uh, get that away from me and f is if i see that remind me to pry my eyes out cheapers <laughs> so savage these cars okay and. so for everyone for everyone playing along just for like a, a control group here my 2013 honda crv ex where is that on the tier list g and, G okay it's not even on the list <laughs> that's fine so so we know that's what we're working like no one's driving around here in like a stock 98 Toyota Camry it's, it's nothing like that like these cars are still better than anything 90% of what you're gonna see driving around daily correct yeah okay perfect they're all pretty pretty neat but some of them are just meh okay so what if I put a flame decal on my CRV on your CRV yeah uh, orange flame orange blue interior Oh man! At least F, right? I, I would say uh, F, F for fire. I would say I would say E because e. I don't have anything for E right now. All right, so yeah, I'm working at E tier. Okay, uh, so without further ado, here is the MVP car standings for the Fast and the Furious. All right, so at S we've got the classic orange Supra that Brian brings in with his two JZ. Really? Okay, so that's the the one he drives in the very first race. Uh, no, that's the Eclipse. That's the green one. Oh, you're yes. right. You're right. Colors are hard, Reese. Uh, the car, the colors are very hard. So this is the car. This is the under 10 second car he gives Vin at the end of the film. Correct. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. So so what puts that in the uh, the F tier? S. Or, oh, it's in the S, S tier. tier. Yeah. Oh. We're going to start at the top, go down. You know? Okay, I had to think for a second. I'm like, yo, if that's the lowest car. I'm like, no. what's... <laughs> okay, okay, no, okay. S tier, yeah. Okay, so what puts that in the S tier in particular? The engine itself. Really? Correct. So what's the engine? 2JZ twin turbo. I believe it's a 3.8 liter straight six. Dang. Classic Japanese mm -hmm. muscle-ish tuner engine. Um, And just, I think, from being a 2000s kid, wanting a Supra with a 2JZ was like, I was like at the top of the list. Yeah. Beneath the Corvette. Interesting. So I... Uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say it deserves its S very much so. Dude, all right, that is the S tier vehicle in the Fast and the Furious. So what else do we have on there? You're going to be hearing me a lot because I got, I think, 12 cars, maybe. I got time. All right, so the S, S tier, uh, number two, we got the R33 Skyline that Leon drives. Uh, that is, the, the Skyline itself is my dream car, mm. but... You know, because of import laws and all that stuff, it's like to to get one right now would be anywhere from under twenty thousand to two hundred thousand. So Ugh. I'm gonna have to wait a little bit. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'd say so. Yep. So so what scene was that predominantly in? Uh, so it's in I know it's the first scene where Leon and 
Vince and Jesse drive up uh, to the Toretto like grocery store. Oh, that, you know that yellow car? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. And which character is driving that? Leon. Really? Very forgettable character. I was gonna say, I'm like the fact that I can't put a face to him. Now, did he go on to uh, start Kings of Leon, or is this a different guy? Uh, maybe. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, you never know. That's not canon. So, yep. is there anything else in the A tier? Is that it? Uh, S tier, we got one more Dom's Charger because mm. Detroit Muscle and because got so much torque, it twists the chassis, which yep. is, uh, I wouldn't want to drive that car. I think it's cool, but I wouldn't want to drive it. That would scare me. <laughs> so, it is canon in real life that it is a scary car. Only if you modify it like that, yeah. So I gotta ask, is is the the, the black car he has a charger, right? That's a charger, yep. Okay, is that the same charger he's driving off to in the sunset at the end of the film with the stripes? Did he just No, that's it? that's a Chevy S or Chevelle SS. Oh, that is? Yeah, it's totally yeah, it's a it's a Chevy Chevelle SS. Do yep. you see this is why we have Alex on here. He's he's the car expert, he's the gearhead. Kind of. <laughs> well, I mean yeah, you, you you you've forgotten more than I know about cars. So that's very true. Okay, so so the orange striped car that Vin Diesel's gonna be driving around with in all these films is a Chevelle. No, that's that's the Charger. Okay, so that's the Charger. Yes, the Chevelle is just that one end credit scene. Really? Yep. That looks so similar to his other cars. Yeah, it's the same era, same Coke bottle shape muscle car. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. I dig it. I'm following. Sweet. All right. What else we got? All right. The A tier list. We got the black Honda Civics. Oh yeah. Those things are so cool they're very uh very 2000s but he's uh they, they threw some spoon engines in there with some t66 turbos pretty, pretty badass in my opinion pretty sweet uh yeah so next we got dom's rx7 which is the red car from the drag race the first drag race oh the one where paul walker almost had him yeah but he never had his car ah yeah so, of course you know yep um yeah, it's another one of those. It's like that same tier with the Supra and the Skyline where it was like, as a kid, it was like those three cars, you know, mm-hmm. I want them. Yeah. But the Dorito engine in the RX-7 sucks. Wait, what, what's the Dorito engine? So it's got an engine, it's called a rotary. And when you look at it, instead of having a regular piston, it's got a triangle shaped doodad. We'll really? call it a doodad, yeah. Uh-huh. And it rotates around an oval. Um, but it has the same cycle where it's spark. Uh, it's like got the spark, the intake, the exhaust, and the power stroke. Right on. But they ha- they have this issue where I don't remember if it's a oh man what is it I think it's a, a maybe it's a bearing I don't remember what it is but it wears down and then you have to replace it like every ten thousand miles. Yeah. So it's a pain in the butt. Interesting. Okay. All right, next we got Letty's S14, Sylvia. Um, the SR20 mm-hmm. in that thing is like it's the sky, it's the predecessor to the Skyline's uh, RB26, which is probably one of the greatest sounding engines that I've ever heard. But right. I'm also 24, and uh, I grew up with this series, so I can't really talk. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and then we got Brian's Lightning, the F-150 Lightning. That's Ooh. just a, for me. That's just the underdog. I don't care what anybody says. I think that thing is so cool. I've got a buddy that has one, and I mean those things are insanely fast. And for a truck, it's just mind-boggling. So I was gonna say, you you said the truck was really sexy and it was really cool. And when he first drove it into the film, I'm just like, what's an like a low rider? 
red F-150 doing in this. And you, you explained to me how intensive a car that is. Yeah. Uh, I found it a little surprising that if that's the Chekhov's gun of this, the gun's never fired. Like, we never see that car in action throughout this film. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I think that uh, that truck's very deserving. Like, that truck could have easily been one of the cars that they use in a drag race. Maybe they're trying to stick with that California vibe where it's all the imports and, uh, like, crazy, like, ricer, crazy wing and stuff like that kind mm-hmm. of cars. Uh, I can see why they wouldn't want that, but still, I mean, that that truck is just something else. Because, see, like, that, that would have made a lot more sense to me that if he would have shown up when they're trying to hijack that second semi and it's all going cockamamie, <laughs> that he shows up in the truck and he's able to, like, cut the dude free and then Paul Walker has to jump in, like, the tailgate or something like that. You would think. But right? We're we're not filmmakers, so we can't say. <laughs> Did you know, does that does that truck come back later in the series? I don't believe so. Really? It, it may be one of the background vehicles, but it's never a main vehicle. Wow. I know. It's a shame. Go figure. That's so bizarre. Huh. All right. So that was in the A tier, you said, right? That's the A tier. Yep. What else we got? The B tier. We got Jesse's Jetta. For me, that Mark III Jetta is just... Uh, my uncle had one when I grew when I was growing up. So it's just kind of a car that always kind of lingers in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Jesse and... Who doesn't like Jesse? Oh, dude. Uh, obviously, the guys that shot Jesse. Johnny Tran. Yeah, sorry. Spoiler alert. This movie is uh, 21 years old, so... <laughs> this movie is legal to drink, so... <laughs> yeah, good point. If you haven't caught up on this yet, it's your own fault. So, okay. So, the Jetta. Yes. Right on. Right on. Why did he get smoked in that film, or in that race, besides the fact that Johnny had at least 10 grand under the hood? No, 100 grand. No, 100 grand under yeah, the hood. Oh, excuse was, yeah. me. Uh, he, he, he did okay. Did, did Jesse blow the race or was he doomed from the start? I think he had a chance because you know he's the mad scientist, true. But, um, he used his NOS too early and so it ran out. And then Johnny Tran used his NOS and he was able to get that boost to pass him at the end of the race. Gotcha. In other words, he blew his waddle a little early. <laughs> no, I feel like NOS was really on display throughout the film, but isn't it like a bigger deal plot wise? and too fast, too furious. It's a, it's kind of. I mean, it's. I know in Too Fast, Too Furious, spoiler alert, they use it to like rig like a James Bond esque uh, eject seat. That's right. That's right. But other than that, I mean, it's just a that typical kind of like like car culture, mm-hmm. you know, theme. So like, I feel that's another thing that going on further down the series, they move away from NOS. I feel like it's a pretty big plot device in the first few films, and they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, because, yeah, well, they move away from the street racing to, like, more like a heist kind of. True, true, true. All right, so where are we on the car tiers right now? Still B. We got one more. Still B? We got We got the more than you can afford pal Ferrari, <laughs> the, the 355 Spider. Just because it's a Ferrari, that's the only reason why I put it in B. It's it's cool, but I don't think it's that cool because mm-hmm. Ferrari as a manufacturer kind of sucks. Like oh, they're really? like they're very like hoity toity, and I don't like. I that. gotcha. Okay, okay. So did the Ferrari have the chance when he was racing Paul Walker? Or was he just him from the start? Um, in real life, in real life, it would have been probably a closer race. 
Maybe. I mean, well, I, I mean, I noticed the the guy and his wife were not afraid to be zipping in and out of cars and traffic themselves. He owns a Ferrari. He can probably afford to repair it. Also, I, I saw uh, our boy Slim grabbed either the handle, the old crap handle, or he grabbed the. Uh, oh, he, he grabbed he grabbed the uh, the top of the windshield. Okay, yeah, that's what he grabbed. Mm-hmm. So that target top Supra. Dude, come on. He doesn't trust family yet. No, not yet. It's only one. We still got nine more. <sighs> Good point. All right. So uh, C tier. What we got in C tier? <laughs> uh, first, we got we got Hector's Hatchback Civic. <laughs> I, th- I think those are cool, but I don't like how it's modified, and I think it's a little too gaudy. Oh, yeah. I think if you tastefully modify it, it could be an A tier, but yeah. with the gold and the... Uh, the rims on there. The were rims bad. were like straight out of like a vending machine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> them, them Hot Wheel rims. <laughs> I got these going to Gates. I wanted the uh, Kansas City Chiefs sticker, but I wound up getting these rims instead. <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. And then uh, what else? The the uh, the hydraulics on it. I don't think that it fit mm. a Civic. It would fit more of like a 60s, 70s lowrider theme more than a Civic. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then we got Johnny Trans S2000. I like S2000s a lot, except when you modify it like Johnny Tran. Like you could put a hundred thousand into that and underneath the hood, but if you're gonna put a big wang like that on there, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you got a problem. I don't like, I don't like the big wing on it. I think it, especially for if you're drag racing, you don't want to have that downforce. It's just gonna slow you down. Really? Correct. So that's just like really bad filmmaking right there then kind of and also if they're trying to 100% get that southern california vibe they got to throw on all the big wings all the big arrow but all it's going to do is make your car look more flashy and it it's going to just add more weight and slow it down dude there were also a bunch of decals in this film dude you didn't know that the more stickers you have the faster you go <laughs> Like each sticker is like at least five horsepower. Oh my gosh! Who needs NOS when they got all them stickers on it? That's what I'm saying. No, that's that's a big thing from like the early 2000s car culture, right? Like you don't see that kind of decal work as much anymore, right? No, nowadays it's more like sponsorships and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't see all the. I mean, unless you like, unless you find some people that like grew up during the early 2000s where they watched this movie and they never grew up after that, so they have all their. You know, like those chargers with like the uh, claw marks over the over the headlights. Yeah, gosh, or the uh, the VM bugs that have the eyelashes on the headlights. Don't even get me started. <laughs> All right, where are we at the tier list? We're still on C. We got three more cars left. Uh, Brian's Eclipse from the first drag race. I think the Eclipse is cool, just like the S two thousand. But I, I don't know, man. That. F- uh, the the freaking floorboard falling out because of the manifold. Oh yeah, that kind of ruins it for me. I mean, I know it's like a movie and stuff like that, but I mean, it's a cool car, but it's a little too a little too gaudy for me, I guess. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Next, we got Ja Rule's Acura, which is the one that I had as a Matchbox car. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like the car. I think it's a cool car, but I don't like the way it's portrayed in this movie because it's a lot better than what they portray it as. That's fair. I also noticed like that's not that sharp looking of an accurate, all things considered. It's kind of uh, very uh, blends into the crowd. Yeah. 
And I think that's why, like, so I like the Integra, but, you know, throwing all the decals and the the spoiler and the white rims just kind of turns me off of it. But, I mean, if you, like, if you can find some nice, like, modified ones uh, that are, like, way overpriced right now um, that are that are pretty neat, but just that, I don't know, the decals just kind of throw me off. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And last but not least, we got Vince's Ultima. Because why throw an Ultima in a Fast and Furious movie? I don't get that at all. Because my mom really wanted her car in this film. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he went from he went from the Ultima to stealing Letty's see-through tank top. So I, I guess, I guess I can see why. Dude, it, it's Vince. Is he the least valuable player in this entire film? No, I think Leon is, but Vince is a second close. Oh, man. Just because Vince kind of has a part, kind of. That's that's true. That's true. I can see why they bo- wrote both characters out of the franchise. Just like they added like nothing. Actually, Vince is in four, I believe. Vince is in four? Yeah, he's at the beginning of four when oh, they're in Brazil. Wow. Yeah, because he's living with Mia and then Brian, or no. Yeah, I think he's living with Mia and then Brian finds him. Plot twist. The turns have tabled. The turns have tabled in this case. All right. So uh, because this franchise is so hokey, I mean, in a good way, it's in a good way. Uh, who would you say the uh, Academy Award for worst actor goes to in this film? In this film? Yeah. The truck driver from the very first scene. The truck driver from the first scene? Yeah. With his baseball bat. You know. <laughs> He's he's like he like winds up for like ten seconds and then swings, and then he pulls it back and he winds up for another ten seconds and swings again. Dude, he's he's playing by Smash Brothers rules though. He's got the home run bat. He's like charging it up. <laughs> he, he's got that nine hundred ping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. Did he have any? No, he didn't have any lines. No, one thing- it was just him. Poorly swinging a baseball bat with lag. So, and he gets like he gets the dart gun to the arm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we confirm whether or not that truck is the truck that hits Vin Diesel at the end of the film? <laughs> I don't know, Reese. Why don't you rewind it? Let's see. We're gonna rewind this whole dang thing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but before that, uh, I would say that my least valuable actor. Oh, thank you. Uh, my least valuable actor has to go to the guy playing Johnny Tram. He was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, what do you expect? It's Fast and Furious. But uh, I definitely liked him in, uh, what was that movie? That James Bond movie. You said, you said he was in Die Another Day, right? Die Another Day, yeah, where he's got all the blood diamonds in his face. He's probably Dude. way better. He's way better in that movie. That's and cr- he drives a Jaguar in that movie, which is pretty cool. Ooh, I'm surprised there weren't any Jaguars in this film. It's Fast and Furious. That's too... Um, Roof roo uh, for the series, at least at this point. Too hoity, too toity. Yeah, I gotcha. Huh. Well, I uh, here we're, we're we're closing on the opening scene here. We're gonna we're gonna have this come full circle. See if the truck they snabbed was ha. Huh. Oh, dude, there's also speaking of some really bad cinematography in this film. Uh, in addition, uh, that, like that's a, not it. That, that one is, is white, and it's also not uh, Peterbilt. Ah, uh, dude. Give me some. I want to believe. Hold on. There he is cocking his arm like five times. Mm-hmm. See, watch. Oh. Before he gets shot with the dart, <laughs> he's still like taking 
15 minutes. He's taking longer than that first Shot quarter mile took. Dirt! You're <laughs> to blame. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. That was not great. Um, so, give this some rating on the IMDb scale of 1 to 10. What do you give it? Um, nostalgia factor included? I yeah, would sure. say, yeah. Okay. Man, IMDb, they're pretty ruthless on there. They are pretty hard. Oh, man. Don't hate me. I'm going to say a seven. Seven? Oh, that's not too bad. Okay. T- take the taking the rose-colored glasses off. What would you give this film? A five, probably. Five? Yeah, probably. I was going to give this probably about like uh, 5.8 to six. Okay. So I think I'll we're on the, yeah, yeah, on the yeah, same yeah. page. Yeah. So it's the, the, the franchise goes up from here. I mean, maybe Tokyo Drift is the weakest installment in here. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna spit some facts at you real quick. Uh oh. Um, and everybody's gonna hate me, but I think Tokyo Drift is my favorite movie. Really? Yeah, not because of the acting, just because of the cars and. Uh, I heard there are some good cars. Yeah. You know the the what is it, the Evo the Mitsubishi Evo is pretty cool, and then they have the Shelby, or no, it's a Mustang with the Skyline engine in it, and I think that's pretty cool. Dang. And I don't know. I I like drifting. I think it's cool. Drifting is drifting is very cool. What do you mean drift? <laughs> All right. So Alex, any last words before we wrap up this bonus episode? Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the next nine more episodes. Dude, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be a slow drip. We're gonna have a, a desi- we'll we'll keep these films ranked. As we keep going on, we'll we'll like have an, a running tier list of the films and yeah, where they sit. I think that works, yeah. So right now, Fast and the Fast and the Furious is the number one film in the Fast and Furious franchise. Correct. One. For now at least. For now. All right. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed tuning in to this episode uh, of our Speedy and Angry series. And uh, we hope you continue listening. Thank you for subscribing to Patreon. If you like what you listen to, uh, spread the word of Fountain City Sports Media to some of your friends. Have them like and subscribe. Otherwise, we'll catch you again. Take care.